Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Biko. Just let you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. Fanboys and fangirls, welcome to another edition of Talking Pop with the Franchise and Biku. It is the podcast and all things pop culture. I am your host, the Franchise, and joining me is my brother from the same mother, Biko. What's up, guys? Um, before we get to the topic at hand, I asked Biko to take care of the topic for this week. Um, we did want to, um, you know, acknowledge, you know, the deaths that took place over the weekend. I know we got stuff on a somber note. Um, I'll start first. If you grew up watching Sesame Street as much as me and Biko did, um, there's one character in mind that, you know, no matter how many Muppets were on that show, he's been, him and somebody else has always been recognized as Big Bird and Oscar Grouch. And they were brought together by one named Carol Spiney. Um, if you don't remember him, um, I was looking up his biography, you know, he started, you know, Jim Henson was the one that brought him on, so he was one of the original Muppeteers, if you call it, when they started, you know, Sesame Street, and, you know, he took on that Big Bird role, and I remember... That's crazy because, you know, to operate a puppet like that took, like, you know, determination and guts and, you know, the passion to operate a character like that. He also did, like, Oscar Grouch as well. So, you know, taking breaks between, you know, characters, you know, that's somebody that who's versatile, that's willing to, you know, spread, you know, education and cheer to all kids. You know, Big Bird is recognizable as being one of the faces of Sesame Street. And sadly, he, you know, he did it for over 50 years. Um... Pretty much, he retired last year before picking his his successor to take over from. But I think he was just doing voice work afterwards, just for Big Bird and Oscar until you know, you know, he was uh, you know, what you call it, um, he had a disease. The stonium looked like what kind of plagued him. Um, it says here uh, when he started on Sunday, he was only thirty six years old. When he started? When he started, yeah, he was started. Like, yeah, it says here he was started at thirty six. Um, and he was there for like fifty years. Sesame Street Workshop, and you know, 
years. Yeah, so Shit. it was crazy because um, he was one of the. It says Spreepers. According so to his eighties. Yeah, pretty much to his eighties. So yeah, he probably really loved that fucking. Show. I hope he loved that damn job because that's a lot. I remember seeing like they did, you, know how, you know that movie like Birdman that came out and they did like a parody of it. You know, they had, like, Sesame has their own YouTube channel, so they did, like, little parodies of certain things. Yeah. So they did one of him and Big Bird. It's just so weird. But, yeah, I, um, this is what they said. This is what the Sesame Workshop said, and I quote, this is according to Chicago Tribune, Carol was an artistic genius whose kind and loving view of the world helped shape and define Sesame Street from its earliest days in 1969 through five decades, and his legacy here at Sesame Workshop in the cultural ferment will be unending. That's what the Sesame Workshop said. And this is what he said in his memoirs. This is what Carol Spine said in his memoir. I may be the unknown famous person in America. It's the bird that's famous. That's true. I mean, we're over here researching him. And then he was Oscar the Grouch, which to me was kind of hilarious. And I think Carol Spine said he got the inspiration from Oscar the Grouch as like a New York City cab driver. Like that attitude, that gruff type of attitude. Um... And, of course, you know, like I said, he's been on there for a long time. It says here, according to his bio, he was born in 1933 in Waltham, Massachusetts. He had a supported mo- a mother who helped him build, be, build a puppet tea there after he fought, bought his first puppet, a monkey, at age 8. He spent four years in the U.S. Air Force after high school. Then he went to Massachusetts and broke into television. He um, teamed up with a fellow puppeteer named Judy Valentine for an old daily series. Worked on the Boston version of a clown show called Bozo's Big Top. Then Spidey and the Period had three children. Oh. So he got married twice. And nice. of course he will join uh, in 1969. He ended up joining the Muppet crew when Sesame Street was about to turn him from a popular finale into American institution. Hanson brought his signature character Kermit Frog show. His right hand man Frank Oz would become famous for your Grover and Cookie Monster. Then together they created Bird and Ernie. But of course he brought Big Bird. Um, would become the biggest star according to the Chicago Tribune. But Big Bird would become the show's biggest star. His name and image of analysis with just as we but PBS and children's television. The character was usually used for comedy, but his innocence and questioning also was useful in serious subjects needing addressing. When Sesame Street shocked you from Mrs. Hooper died, Big Bird had to get a lesson in accepting death, saying in the memorable 1983 episode that he's got to come back. Who's going to take care of the store? Who's going to make my bird tea milkshakes and tell me stories? But, you know, for him... Yeah, how were how they going to write the song? I, I mean, well, I'm assuming he already picked a successor. He picked a successor. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, all condolences to the family, you know, Carol Spine, like I said, he was a versatile uh, Muppeteer, and, you know, he's done so many cameos, he did a cameo, and I remember this one cameo, he did his Oscar, um, in, uh, Great Muppet Caper, where Miss Piggy was trying to get a hitchhike ride, and the bus driver pretty much, like, said, no, no passengers, and then, you know, he, she throws the bus driver out, uh, the truck driver out to the trash can, and Oscar comes out like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, who are you supposed to be? A really bad cameo. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's like, and then Oscar, of course, you know, he's only, like Carol Spines was down with Oscar the Grouch as well. So he had two characters under his belt. But like I said, I'm all condolences to the Spiny family, you know, there will be another one like him. Of course, Big Bird will live on. And, you know, all the memories we have of him back in the day, you know. Lives on in our thoughts, you know, all props to Carol Spine for, you know, congratulations to all the work that he's done, you know, shaping young minds, you know, through education, through puppetry. 
Um, the next one too, uh, if you're a big sci-fi fan, especially with, um, you know, like Star Trek, uh, I know this name will be synonymous, um, Renee, oh, man, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this name, but I'll try my best to uh, pronounce his name, um, Renee Arbourjonois, um, pretty much, uh, if you remember him from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, he played like the shapeshifter alien, so he played role, he's also Chef Louis from, um, the Little Mermaid, and he was Mr. House. If you guys play video games, he was Mr. House in Fallout New Vegas. And also, looking at his credit roles, another actor, you know, has a good impact on it comes to like pop culture. Um, because he's done not sci-fi, he's done voiceover work, he's done video games, he's done film. But right now, according to IMDb, he has over two hundred and twenty acting credits. Wow. I mean, um, the ones I list here is like Ben, like the ones he lists here is like. Um, he was an archer, apparently. He was an archer, if you remember the TV series, of course, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Young Justice, Sunny in Philadelphia, um, Charted, so he's done video games, Boston Lego, Saving Grace, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Pirates of the Caribbean, and he was in the video game itself. So, like I said, he's done a lot of, like, voiceover work. And by a lot of, like, sci-fi fans, especially Trekkie fans, recognize him as his character not in, um... Deep Space Nine, who was like, like I said, he was like a shape-shifting alien. Um, you know, condolences to his family as well. And then, of course, uh, another death. I know this is pretty somber in the beginning of the episode, but we wanted to, uh, you know, get it out there. So, of course, Biko being good with music, he follows music around. So, what was the notable death in the world of music, Biko? Uh, so, uh, today being Tuesday, right? So, that happened Sunday. This past Sunday, um, I was... I was with some friends, uh, hanging out, and then just, I think there's, you know, there's a point in time where everyone's hanging out that people just pull out their phones. It's kind of natural at this point, but, um, so I pulled out my phone, and when I got some notification, and, like, that said, and I took out Reddit, and, and it said, like, uh, Juice World, like, young rapper from Chicago, 21 years old. He, he, he's had several hits in the past couple of years, and collaborations with Future, and, um, he had a mixtape of Future, he's, and he was had another one with Ski Master Sump God, which was reportedly supposed to come out this year, actually. Um, his name is Juice World, and uh, 21, he passed away uh, of a reported, allegedly, of an overdose, because um, they landed, and, and he came and took a, it says in the industry, that he... I guess landed in a Gulfstream jet, private jet, with his entourage, uh, with feds and, um, and authorities already awaiting their plane because, I guess, uh, you can assume maybe the pilot or air travel agents reported to the feds that the plane was carrying drugs and, uh, alleged drugs and guns. And let's see, so they re did report that, um, he was a, a, definitely a heavy drug user in high school. And in his, during his childhood and his teens, so uh, he began drinking lean in sixth grade, and using Percocets oh, wow. and Xanax in uh, 2013. So, uh, which, and then what's funny is that it says right here he also smoked cigarettes but quit in the last year of his high school due to health issues. <laughs> which, when I read that line, it's kind of ironic. I hate to laugh, but like, whoever wrote this, I'm, I'm reading it off the Wikipedia page. So like, obviously these things you gotta take it with a grain of salt because like. Wikipedia is edited by It's usually edited so by users, yeah. Take it for what it could be. Mm -hmm. So, it's generally a decent summary of what you're going to read, but you should still do your research. 
Anyways, it, it says that he, I mean, he was very t musically inclined. Like, at four years old, he started playing the piano, learning from his mother, who began playing and teaching lessons, followed by the guitar and the drums. So he was already inclined, and he was doing trumpet in, during high school and band class. Um, he started rapping and putting his stuff on SoundCloud in 2015 under a different name, uh, Juice the Kid. Uh, but then one of his tracks uh, gained some notoriety and some hits, and I'm guessing some plays on SoundCloud that have posted him up to the, uh, get recognized by a couple of uh, other Chicago industry or Chicago hip hop artists such as uh, Lil Bibby and G Herbo and stuff like that. So he got recognized there, and Lil Bibby signed him to his Grade A Productions label under Interscope Records. Which, if you're not familiar with Interscope Records, they basically have some of the most uh, highly prolific and notoriable artists in, in uh, the industry. And you could think, I mean, we're talking like Taylor Swift, Billie Eilish, uh, Kanye, fucking... Yeah, they they have so many. Uh, a lot of like house music people like Jax Jones, I've seen. Uh, it's just like, it, they have, it's who's who. Like, if you're going to be assigned to Interscope, you've basically made it. Mm -hmm. They're going to run you until you hate the industry. So like, Anyway, uh, they landed the plane, and they reported that he allegedly just swallowed a bunch of the pills. Because you, you could, if you can assume, if you're carrying Percocets, uh, pills, and seventy pounds of marijuana, the, the private jet, it's hard, and the feds are getting called before you even land. It's kind of hard to justify having seventy pounds of marijuana on you and saying it's recreational in front of authorities. And it's just common sense that. I mean, I know people who can smoke a pound a day. I mean, I could if I could if if I can afford a pound a day, I'd be great. I I could be one of them. But uh, I'm talking rappers, even rappers who have notoriety and plenty of money don't. I don't think they'd smoke seventy pounds in one day to justify it could be for a trip and justify it being recreational personal stash. So they could have easily got them for charges of. Uh, drug distribution of drugs and uh, I mean having pills on you too and guns uh, the guns were registered to his entourage they had people that were carrying them but nonetheless you're on an air flight and you're carrying guns and drugs and that's a, against the law um, yeah because so I mean even unfortunately though, it's against the law guys so yeah because I mean right now the recreation marijuana in the state of Illinois doesn't go pit to next year it's still technically legal at the federal level. Right, but, like, it, it that's way over the limit. Yeah, the no legal limit. So, like, he was flying from LAX to here, um, and then... What else is but still, the painkillers, you know, obviously yeah, that's without a prescription, so it's like... Just read straight out of a... Just read straight out of a movie. It's like a movie scene. He... I mean, him being 21, and I'm sure, like, he has plenty of fame and success, plenty of projects coming out there. He was on Nicki Minaj's tour as a special guest. He he had a, another whole tour planned with, with Ski Master Slump got the next following year after they dropped their mixtape. So, I mean, plenty of projects and success for the young man. And I couldn't help but to feel like in that situation, I can, I can definitely understand if that was the reason he took him out by swallowing all the pills because he knew if it was either I'm going to be in jail for the rest of my life, which most likely he won't. He'll probably pay. He's gonna have to pay the law off, and that's a lot of money. And that's a lot of money. It's gonna. I'm just gonna take a gash no matter what. And you, whoever's on his entourage is gonna take the hit no matter what. If that's not the case, he's gonna pay a lot of money, 
And obviously they're going to tell him to lay low for a while, but he's going to be doing shit in court. Or, and if they have guns and other shit, and he's the one who has to fess up to it, and none of his boys are going to take it, and he doesn't win a court case, and instead they want to make an example of him, he's fucked. Yeah. And he and if he had previous trials before, who knows? He's fucked. So, I guess maybe the he felt like the only way out of this is if he fucking gets out. He didn't want to get caught with the Percocets. Because he probably had a bunch of those too on him. And he would be fucked with that. The weed they probably wouldn't even care about at that point. They'll add it on as like a cherry on top. But the Percocets will send him for like 25 years almost. So life maybe. Especially if it intended to sell it. Or a personal ingesting. Obviously which he ingested it. But who knows what was running through his mind. Only he did at the time. And it, they they had kept him going through emergency uh, emergency like resuscitation and all that stuff. They did the whole process twice, and then they took him to the hospital while and still in the life support system. And by the time he arrived, the doctors announced him dead within, like, they said three, three, three times. They just, like, within three minutes, they didn't even, they couldn't even assess it after that. So, they're still waiting on the autopsy completely. Uh, so, they have to still do the toxicology report and all that. And uh, they're... Now the only thing about this specific uh, death that passed away, because we're always, I'm, we're gonna, well, especially with hip hop deaths, like from artists, it's, in, I feel like they talk about a lot. I mean, we've lost a lot throughout the years with, um, like Tupac and Biggie and the way they went out and just different artists throughout the years that you never, you just never know, you just never know. And like, uh, at least with this situation, some are saying that he didn't. They didn't report whether that there wasn't anything on the found in the plane like as far as guns hmm. so we're claiming that they weren't found there so like there's here come out the reports saying that and that so it's like i think it's just the story's too fresh for it to be reported accurately um but i can pull up i, I pulled up this uh I think there was an article in the chicago tribune already i mean yeah because i mean it happened in chicago midway airport so it's like no, yeah. Look at you. I, like, as soon as I saw, like I said, I, I go through Reddit, and that's, like, the one thing I saw besides Curtis Spiney and Renee was, you know, like I said, I'm not, you know, I listen to some hip-hop, but I'm more, like, I'm more, like, metal and alternative, so I'm not, like, big on the hip-hop game, but I'm, like, I respect the craft. So it's, like, if I knew, if I listened to the artist, yeah, I, I will feel it. I mean, he probably had, like, a lot of big following and stuff. So, like, his fans are probably, like, you know, upset and, you know, shocked that this happened. But at the same time, if you look at the the aspect of the music industry, it depends, like, who you hang out with. That's what it is. People don't realize it's the people that, who, the people that he brings around. And he, and according to what you, you said, like, based on the reports you're reading, like, you know, he had problems, you know, with drugs in the past. And the problem is, he surrounded himself with pot influences, saying, hey, you gotta do this, you do this. But at the same time, dude, you're working for a record label. You're pretty much set, you know. Having all this stuff going to a federal airport, you know. People don't realize all airports are all federally run. They're city run, but at the same time, they all have to follow the same federal regulations. It doesn't matter. They're all followed the standard federal standards. I mean, like I said, to me, it's like, yeah, it's a shocking death. But it's like, he, want, he took the... I'm, like, I'm not being negative and saying he took the easy way out, but... 
if he was rationally thinking, there could have been another way to go to go with this. I mean, they all have lawyers. They have attorneys. They could have came with a kind of deal, you know, like a plea deal. But you know, like I said, it depends. yeah, they said like you see, like sorry, but like they didn't. Uh, they said not. Oh God, did they barely? So they performed their autopsy yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's saying, uh, Chicago police spokesman Anthony Guglielmi, uh, which can't say that right. Sorry. Uh, said in a statement that there were no signs of foul play, and all individuals aboard the aircraft are cooperating with CPD. And I've given all of the information. We are waiting the Cook County Medical Examiner on the cause of the death. Um, yeah, they're just giving him... Yeah, he was a caring alcoholic person, for sure. Like, his music has said that. It was. It just hit a lot of different people. But he, he grew up funny, because, like, his, his mom didn't want him listening to rap music, so he listened to, like, a bunch of rock and punk and old-school rock. Hmm. So, like, a lot of that influenced him. He's a young cat. I mean, he was only 21. He was born in 98. So, like... Oh, wow. Young he grew kid. up, you know, basically 2000 and... The 2020... Uh, or the, what, 2000s? And then the 2010s? He barely did 2010s. Only 21, man. Fuck. That's, I think that's the ones that hit the hardest, too. Because when they're young as fuck, and they have a good trajectory on their career going, and, like... I, I, I barely had just gotten into his stuff a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And it was only because I was, like, seeing this one girl that got me into her, his music. I had never listened to him before. I knew knew about him, and I've heard his tracks through a couple of different, like, when I was in a couple of different spots out. But, like, I didn't know. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, if somebody played me a song, I couldn't tell you what the guy's name is. But, like, after checking some of his stuff out, yeah. I, I, it's good. I like it. I like the production on this stuff. It's just, man, it's sad to see it happen. But, um. Condolences to his family too. I mean, being them being from Chicago, it kind of sucks. It just hits a little harder, you know. It's a local kid, and it's always good to see Chicago artists really find success in the music industry, and let alone minorities. It just it really sucks. But um, gosh, that whole weekend was just a bunch of different people in the entertainment just coming out. So obviously, death happens every day, but shit. Uh, when it comes to stuff that happens in pop culture, we we are gonna try to at least show some, uh, show some. I want to say awareness to that, because I mean, it happened on a Sunday, and you know, good times could lead to bad times. So just remember to hug your family. You never know when it happened, when it's gonna happen in life. Um, whenever you're gonna see them again, just try to end it on a good note, no matter what. Uh, so. With that said, let's not be so damn gloomy, <laughs> and uh, let's uh, talk about the topic for what I was talking, what I was thinking about. Um, so for this episode, I wanted to talk about, I want to say, because I wanted first. Did you see the Mandalorian? Episode? Yes. Okay. Cool. So I'm caught up. Like I think this, I think right now, while this shows out. I think I get the feeling every episode now is going to be like a little snippet. Yeah, so we'll like we'll we'll, we'll, we'll acknowledge the Mandalorian every week since I mean yeah it cut I, like yeah I, I think we even one those last three episodes we were talking a little bit about the Mandalorian but I mean it's something that's fresh in our minds because I kind of applaud Disney Plus's um you know strategy by having the episodes out every week but it gives us more time to discuss by because if you binge watch I'm like I'm not you know discrediting like binging the show but if you watch the show all one go it's like that's it you know. But at least having a show a week after week, you know, a new episode a week kind of gives you time to talk about. It also gives people time that your friends or you're close with to give them time to catch up. 
That way you, you'll be able to talk about it. Yeah. So if you want to talk about the last episode, I mean, I mean the last episode, you know, it was, it was interesting. I mean, of course they went to a different planet. Because they're playing, it happened right now. The Mando and the child are pretty much, you know, you know, they're on the run, and then I'm going on an all too familiar planet. If you follow the the original trilogy and um in the prequels, they land a family called Tatooine, and of course it all started. Like, of course, the episode started with you all uh, a fight. You know, they're, he's being pursued by a bounty hunter, mm-hmm. so we got to see a space battle, like a started like a a fighter on fighter. So basically, ship versus ship. Um. He took some damage. And now bleeding at Tatooine. So they ended up landing in the familiar port, if you remember episode four, where Han landed. Vos Espa, you know, spaceport. Right. Yeah, so they they landed there and of course they talked to the mechanic and <laughs> it's funny when he goes crazy with the droids. These the little droids going trying to fix the ship. He starts shooting at a douche, he's like, No droids. Uh, then of course he left the child sleeping in the, in the ship and the lady's like, You need some money and because like well, the ship was getting shot down by the bounty hunters. Yeah, like so he, had, he it was like because I guess his fuel line was like started. like his fuel line was like leaking. So yeah. the mechanics like, yeah, you gotta you know you gotta come up money for money for something like that, like to pay for it. Well, yeah, she. I mean, he had a lot of the damage to it, so like she was looking for him to pay a lot of money to fix it, to, at least the, the droids to fix it. Um, but of course, you know, Mando has a thing about droids. He's got that little this. Because it makes well, sense. Kill his family. Remember, that's what he said. That's why he has a, this. The hatred for droids. Yeah. But I think what uh, how the episode starts, what I'm noticing already so far with the... I mean, it's only been five episodes so far, so like... This is the fifth one, I think, yeah. I think so. So I feel like uh, that it's it's falling... As far as John Favreau's storytelling is concerned, it's going towards a, like... I'm taking recognizable themes... Uh, that have been used in, like, have been used in various, various stories in the past. Um, obviously, with this being the Western type of show, that it, it, I'm seeing it, but it's like, it's like you you could see each each episode that it's given so far is very, very, very similar to like different Western tropes that have been used in the past. And like for this specific episode. Like they they use the whole oh I'm gonna show this rookie something because like oh yeah he, he runs across he like a rookie he goes yeah. and looks for he, he goes across a rookie for, uh, he has to go look for a job because he gave him he gave her five hundred imperial credits but or, or five thousand or something like that but she, she wanted more she required more because of more fixing of the plane so he has to go find a job so he stays in most Isley Isley goes to the recognizable bar that everyone goes to and this bounty hunter who is a rookie that he exclaims that he has a he has a, a tag. He has a job for a, or a tag on a, a bounty That's, hunter who's, who's like an assassin. Got a, yeah, an assassin who was once part. Of, or she was yeah, just an assassin, a high, very skilled, very dangerous assassin girl who I think did jobs for the guild as well before because she was a bounty hunter as well. Uh, and he required Mandalorian's help because it was just it was his high price ticket to get himself into the guild of bounty hunters. And the Mando being there, you know, he's like, I want money. So they both do it together. Um, and then they get into, you know, kind of, we see, I guess, the first glimpse of Mando. Not his first glimpse, because obviously the last episode he did, he well helped with the ex-soldier. But I think an ex-soldier is different than a, a bounty hunter, because different virtues. Because I think, too, because, you know, with him having a bounty on his head as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, he's afraid, head. you know, if he finds out that he's, you know... 
Because as soon as he said a guild, you know, he Mandel, of course, he tries to say played, you know, save this thing, you know, say guild work. And it's like, hopefully this kid doesn't realize that I went against the guild and the guild's after my head because I went against, you know, the rules of the guild. Um, yeah, and then, of course, you know, they go and, you know, travel through the Dune Sea. Um, they go and then end up uh, Tusken Raiders. I like that one scene of the Tusken Raiders where... Mando found some way to communicate with them and have negotiate like safe passage through the Dune Sea because, of course, it's all uh, Tuscan Raiders. You know, they oversee it, mm-hmm. and I guess um the young kid had to lose like some kind of stuff or something as a trade, and of course uh, the assassin who's played by Ming Na Wen, who if you recognize from, as uh Melinda May from Agents of Shield, she made her guest starring appearance in there, and of course she's the voice of Mulan. In the animated feature of uh, Disney's Milan as well. And she was Chung Lee in Street Fighter the movie. Um, she was also like in Two and a Half Men. I think she was in other works as well. But it was cool seeing her, you know, <laughs> in a Star Wars film. That was kind of cool. So she played the assassin. And of course they ended up teaming together and they ended up catching her. But Mano had to go get, because I guess one of the speeders got damaged. So he had to go off. And then of course that's when the assassin, she ends up getting into the rookie's head. About, you know, why don't you get to go after Mandel because he's probably got a high, you know, bounty said, and she ends up getting killed. It's just, well, because that, that guy was not stupid, getting the, because she's the one who told him he's going to be legendary, so even with her trying to con him in order for her to get the upper hand, maybe, which I thought that's where the episode was going to go. That she was going to, like, get out getting, of Yeah, like, that she was going to, well, yeah, because that's how I'm assuming was going to happen anyway, so I wasn't going to be surprised if they go that way. Because, like, I can... I'm not saying John Favreau's a bad director or anything or writing for this, but it, it's, like, he's using, you know, story engines and, like, plots, plot devices that are, like, pretty recognizable. It's, it's fun, like, so... It doesn't make it a bad thing, by any means, because it still was a pretty entertaining episode. Um, and we see Mond- Mando getting too clever as well, you know, pulling up the flash grenade to blind him, but... Uh, this one was a rather shorter episode, I feel like. It kind of, the pacing went pretty fast for the most part. Um, so it wasn't... It didn't feel like too much of a filler episode either. I definitely liked the way it was shot and stuff better than the last episode. Um, so I don't have really too many bad things about it. Just to say that it's just uh, another... It's like another episode pretty good. I yeah, mean, and of course at the end, you know, you see a shadowy figure... Come across the body of the assassin. Of course, you know, they should show the boots, but that's it. So it's kind of showing, uh, and then the tracking thing is so it's like, you know, somebody's actually pursuing Mando, but we probably won't find out who it is until later in the next episode. And of course, the way the run is right now, I know they're going to do an episode this coming Friday, and I believe the next episode is going to be shown on a Wednesday because, of course, um, Rise of the Skywalker comes out next Friday. So they're going to have it. It's The Mandalorian is going to be out. I know the new episode scheduled for this Friday. Mm-hmm. Then the, the following week, the episode's gonna be sh- a new episode's gonna be shown on Wednesday instead of Friday because, of course, Rise of the Skywalker comes out, and of course, they want to show some kind of sneak peek at Rise of the Skywalker immediately following the Mandalorian. So that's you know, like I said, you know, this is like almost like Star Wars month as we're heading into that to the Rise of the Skywalker, which I'm looking forward to because it's basically the end of the Skywalker saga, basically. Yeah, I mean, which I think is good, and at least we get to see goodbye to Carrie Fisher one more time. <laughs> Oh, God. oh, I forgot she's still going to be in it. Yeah, so... And of course, J.J. Jamers is back. He's directing, so it's like, we'll see how he wraps it up. 
I mean, there's been reports like the three main actors said they're not. They're not going to come back. They're not. Yeah, if they decide to do a TV show, they're not going to come back with as their as their characters. They felt like the films were enough, you know. Mm-hmm. They want to pursue other works, which I don't blame them. You know, they, like I said, mm-hmm. it's the whole not being typecast. You know, so hopefully, see how it goes with the third one. Rise of Skywalker comes out next Friday, the twentieth. Yeah, five days before Christmas. <laughs> all right, I'll do. Uh, what was the topic you wanted to talk about, Bigo? Um, well, I guess the, just a little bit of what um, I want to say so far. I guess talking about the past two films leading up to Star Wars, this one specifically. Um, so like The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. We can even throw in Rogue One too. If, not necessarily we don't have to like talk about those movies per se, but whether or not this, I want to say this inter like this iteration of the saga. Mm-hmm. If we think it holds up, if it will, I think it's like I want to propose a question of: Do you think it's going to hold up in the next decade? That way, it could be like twenty years. So let's say thirty more years. You think it's going to hold up like the like the sequels, like the Clone War or the prequels? You think like those those hold up specific, weirdly, but they hold up. And then the other ones like because the Revenge of still seems to be a little more contemporary mm-hmm. like it, it would still have that contemporary feel but I don't know about this, that in 30 years but with The Force Awakens and uh, and the was it The Last Jedi? The Last Jedi yeah what do you think do you think in the next couple 20 years or so we'll say I don't know if it will if it's gonna be something that's as I wanna say welcomed as the last I mean the last one the last uh, saga I mean, to me, like, this trilogy, I mean, like I said, think about it, like, this trilogy is for, like, you know, coming, like, if you want to go back to, like, Force Awakens, it's like, if you do that, if you go to the time before that, I mean, the last Star Wars film was, like, 2005, when it was Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. which was closing out the original, you know, the original, uh, the prequels. So, like, going from that to all the way to 2000, and, was it 13 or 14, when, they, when um... Force Awakens came out, so it's about all those years, you know, and when it's like... Force Awakens came out in 15. When did Force Awakens come out? 15 or 14? 15 or 2016. Look it up. Look it up. Um, but like saying that, you know, if you think about it, and you think about too, but the fans of the original trilogy, then you gotta go back to like 19... Because I mean, you know, New Hope came out in 1977, and then you had like, you know, Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi... And, you know, those movies still hold up, you know, regardless, you know, of, you know, those movies are still being talked about, you know, regardless, you know, uh, you know, the special effects that George Lucas, like, tinkered with and everything, those movies still hold up. 2015. Okay. And then, you know, you had the prequel trilogies, you know, that hit our generation. Because our generation got hit with the original prequels. Even though... I remember seeing the original trilogy, but only, like, when they show on television or, you know, if you ain't lucky to get the VHSs. But other than that, it's like our generation's uh, Star Wars trilogy was the prequel trilogy, you know, Phantom Madness, or Attack of the Clones, yeah. and you know, Rage of the Sith. So that was our Star Wars, and to me, like, and to me, it's like going to twenty fifteen. It's like this is a new trilogy for a new generation Star fans, but you're still gonna have the old fans thinking, you know, they're probably going excited for this because it's like this is the last film of the you know of the Skywalker saga. I mean. You know, J.J. Mamers is back. And to me, like, yeah, Forrest Whitaker was more like a retelling of episode four. Like, it had the same structure. I thought you said Forrest Whitaker. 
<laughs> you know, Force Worker was a Rogue One, but... Yeah. <laughs> but we, didn't, we didn't need him in there. <laughs> but, saying, go back to Force Worker. Force Worker was basically, if you think about it, it was basically a rehash of Episode 4. Similar, like, structure-wise. But it was kind of similar because you're you're getting introduced these characters. You're getting introduced this new generation of characters like Ray, Poe, and Finn. Okay, yeah. yeah, so you get introduced to them, you get introduced to Kylo Ren, but at the same time acknowledging the original characters from the old trilogy, like Han, Leia, you know, Chewie, and Luke, and C-3PR, 2D2. Um, but it's like, to me, it's like, as you know, going since watching the original trilogy, um, I would say, like, for the new trilogy, it will hold up. I would say give it, like, five or ten years, it will hold up. I mean... When the old trilogy was out, and of course Star Wars didn't get big again until you know, ninety seven or ninety eight when they decided, like ninety six or ninety seven when they decided to, when George Lucas decided to come out with a special edition of Star Wars, for theaters, and he ended up like adding the additional effects to the original trilogy, and of course it got people talking about Star Wars again. I mean back then it was just the toys or the novels or the video games. I mean Lucas films was still making money at that time before they got bought by Disney. They were still more like more on, you know, merchandising and more like the lore. But, of course, they didn't get bigger until, you know, when Jones decided, hey, I'm going to do special edition versions of these films. I'm going to go back to my original films. I'm going to, you know, redo the special effects, make them updated, add new things that weren't there in the original, you know, brought, like clean it up, like tune it up a little bit. Um, of course, people got in, came, gave in to, like, the people, the fans of the original tree, you know, the ones that, who went to the theaters in 77... But this time they're like, oh, now I get to bring, you know, my kids or grandkids to experience the same things I experienced when I was younger. And, of course, that led to Joe Lucas going back into Star Wars again and decided to do the original trilogy to talk about how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. Of course, that's how we got that trilogy as well. And pretty much, you know, we got the Phantom Menace. And I remember all the marketing that went into that film as well. And then all the promotional tools as well. Like, Taco Bell had a big promotion with Phantom Menace and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, that was... The Jar Jar Binks toys. It kind of like, kind of like got my attention to Star Wars because I wasn't a big Star Wars guy, but it actually got my attention back mm-hmm. into Star Wars, and you know with these other new characters. So it's like that's what kind of gets more people talking is that they add these characters you probably never heard of, but at the same time bring characters that you recognize before, like Yoda. Of course, in the original trilogy, all you had is Yoda, and then, of course, as soon as you heard Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're thinking, oh, I'm thinking Alec Guinness from, like, the original trilogies. But you bring actors like, you know, like, you know, Ian McGregor playing, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, now we get to see how he trains Anakin, you know? And it's like, to me, it's like more like a familiarity. It's like, as long as you bring characters that are recognizable fans, they're going to go see the film. And it still has that Star Wars touch. It has the Star Wars touch. And to me, it's like with this new trilogy, I mean, Force Wisdom was okay. I enjoyed Last Jedi. I thought it was good. I don't know why people were like, you know, well, pretty much pissing on it, but I thought it was good. It was alright. I mean, Ryan Johnson did what he tried to do. It wasn't that great, but it was yeah, right. He tried what he tried to do. I mean, of course, they brought J.B.J. Abrams back to direct, you know, yeah, fix it, pretty much come back and fix it, basically. Um, and based on the truth on the, on the trailers that, you know, they shown, based on the trailers they've shown, it's like it's building up to, you know, the closing out the whole, the whole trilogy. So it's like, 
you know, it's pretty, pretty much ending your Ray saga, you know, Finn, Pose, and Kylo Ren is telling a closure. And of course, you hear the familiar laugh of the Emperor Palpatine, so oh, I think that's the biggest thing that's going to get a lot of people talking about is, you know, the return of Palpatine. If it's, if it's, if it's true. I mean, yeah, we heard his laugh, but I don't know, to me, I wasn't a big, that's the only thing. My biggest wreck for though so far was Snoke. I thought he was supposed to be all-powerful, but he wasn't. Oh, no, it's lame. Yeah, he so, wasn't as powerful as he's being portrayed out to be. Mm-hmm. Which, which, I mean, the way they... Yeah, the way they... I mean, like I said, I give it like... This powerful thing over the the regular, whatchamacallit? Like, the regular... Uh, I want to say antagonist against the protagonist, and they have to have the... I guess you could say the Emperor be, like, a character figure, so they have to use, like, another one. So Snoke being that one, I'm very surprised that like it didn't. I mean, yeah, didn't play out the way that people expect it, which maybe is a good thing. But it's like, I would say, yeah, I would give it like five or ten years, and people will still be talking about it. But to me, this is like a new Star Wars for a new generation of fans. It's like for a new generation. Yeah, you still have the old generation of Star Wars fans, but it's like also introducing Star Wars to a new generation. It's like when Disney's like, oh, they bought Lucasfilm and they promised, you know, a new Star Wars film every year. Yeah. But of course, you know, I mean, Rogue One was good. I mean, I had not seen Solo, so I can't really say anything about that film, but kind of like, gives Disney a idea to slow down on the, having a Star Wars film every year. <laughs> but, the other hand too. I mean... I mean, what's your take? And like, what what was, what's your take on this new trilogy? Do you think it's gonna have a big impact? You know, once we get through the rise of the Skywalker and all that stuff, or I think, see, that's a, I don't know, man. Like, okay, so hey, I before I answer that, um, referring back to the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. that's I, which I think is similar to what these directors have done with the past two films that were released within the last couple of years. Uh, not uh, excluding. Uh, well, no, I guess not excluding Rogue One. The last couple Star Wars we've seen, they're all using the familiarity of the of the intellectual property so far. Like it's the they're using the same type of characters, even with this, even if it's different set cast of characters, they're still using the same plot devices and essentially the meat of the story in in this new releases. So I think. I'm seeing that in The Mandalorian so far with it being... And it's just as little as using the setting. And I'm not saying, like, it's not bad to use familiar characters, like, as far as, like, animals and, like, creatures in the background or, like, you know, I want to say not important characters to the story, but, like, just the settings themselves or the people that we're seeing the characters coming out or reference to, it's, like, the same, right? Mm-hmm. Which I know is important to reference all that, but if you're trying to have a separate... Like, given, at least in, in John Favreau's case, I think that it's interesting that he's getting a chance to do this in the sense that he's telling the story of a character like Mando and setting up a, a thing which, I guess, is between this story arc that we're in right now with the movie. So, uh, I just would, I would have thought that he wouldn't have... I, I, I just hope that he would have strayed away a little more. Obviously, we're not done with the season yet, and I'm sure they're going to have season two, so that's cool, which would be cool. Well, I mean, so, like, the, I mean, the Mandalorian is set between the Falling of the Empire, which was in, in Return to Jedi, so it's just the Falling. 
Right. So like, why? It's before the beginnings no, but, of, the, of the first order. Right. So like, and it's in between all that and what's now. So, but that's the thing is like there, which I will hope to see more as we go along is, is there's we're not seeing we're not getting a lot of how, why how did the empire like just fucking after that collapse like there wasn't we're not seeing of. Even the uprising, we saw like at least in that episode, they had on uh, the the stakes, they had heads of stormtrooper helmets and shit, on, which I'm assuming were heads too. So like, we're seeing that, and then obviously people didn't take too lightly to that. That's why they're celebrating the fact that they're now the empire's gone. But like, maybe yeah. well maybe we'll get this later on. But as of now, we haven't gotten much of how well, how the first order how rose. holding up, or like we only got that from the beginning when Baby Yoda got brought into the picture. Other than that, like. It's been the Baby Yoda train and Mano meeting characters, helping them, eventually getting out of the end, and moving on. It's like the, the each episode has played out the same mm-hmm. so far, at least the last, I want to say three. Because yeah. the first two were completely different from each other, and they're great. And I'm not saying the other three aren't either. They just, the, three, the last three episodes feel like it was just the same. Like, the past two episodes feel the same. Mano Soldier helped out in the predicament she helped him in the process they're now their buddy buddy and I'm sure he'll she'll come back again soon or not whatever save the village cool now they have resources there too so Mando's like along the way he's helping people cool this guy was probably gonna end up taking his shit and killing him too and Baby Yoda and it obviously this show that he has to take care of Baby Yoda like a father so now we're seeing that whole connection to the whole cool. family type thing it's like Boba and Django. It's like this Django fan. It's the same thing. Like we're just getting it with a whole different character. Cool. But do you see what I mean? Where like the same story things are being used, but the vice, like as far as like the specific characters, isn't important. It's always but the same story things, and I, I, that's what I, I think is what gets the fanboys mad when they go to the theater and they see something like The Last Jedi and it doesn't play out the same as they hope it would be. Or you know what I mean like these yeah. expectations that no the these are that are unreal in the first place because if you have no hand in to say to create these properties, then it's not up to you to decide you know yeah. So it's like read the book then. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean there is a book owl which supposedly like takes place like I mean that's one thing about the Star Wars universe it's like it's so much. Which you got all the Shit. novels which follows the characters and you got the comics it's like it's so much lore. I mean, that's why, to me, the Star Wars universe is, like, so massive. You know, of course the film's going to focus on one particular part, you know. It's going to focus on that one particular grouping and stuff. But at the same time, there's things going on around the universe. That's why you got, like, comic books and, you know, you got, like, novels as well. And, of course, I believe before Force Awakens came out, I think there was a novel that explained pretty much about the rising of the First Order and... Um, like I said, it's a big expense. It's the same thing if you compare that to the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well, because there's a lot of things going on. But, you know, when Marvel Studios as well, they had to work with stuff, you know, they try to add, like, certain elements, which they couldn't because due to movie rights at the time, where movie rights were split for certain characters. So they couldn't mention, like, certain things. Like they couldn't mention the word mutants because of the X-Men. The X-Men were owned by Fox at the time. They couldn't acknowledge the Fantastic Four. They couldn't acknowledge, you know, Doctor Doom because... They were still under the Fox banner uh, umbrella, um, so that's why they end up calling you know people with abilities as like inhumans or power people because they couldn't say mutants, they couldn't acknowledge them. Now you know, now that X Men are gonna be brought into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, 
yeah, it's going to take some time, but it's like, now that they got all these properties coming back to, you know, under one thing, they had to find a way to make it work, as opposed to, like in Star Wars, I guess, so many characters that were branched out from one simple trilogy, they got branched out to their own stories. I mean, there's been many stories of Luke after, you know, Return of Jedi, there was lots that happened to Leia after Return of Jedi. I mean, those stories, you know, have not been adapted to, but has somewhat acknowledged in the films that, you know, hey, that Leia and Han did get married and end up having kids. You know, who knows if Luke had kids? You know, it's like, it, it opens up a question, like, it opens up a lot of questions, like, what if, you know? Yeah, and that's the problem with why we, it sucks to, like, it's like we have to wait around for these movies, like it's the damn Olympics, or the World Cup. Every two years, yeah. Like we have to wait, like, every four years until we get something, and now we've gotten, I want to say, like, now that Disney has their fucking hands on the wheel with Star Wars property, I'm sure, like, they're going to use the, like, this whole new deck that we're entering in, we're probably going to still get hit with Star Wars and probably a good amount. They maybe not won't rev it up as fast as like let's say this last half of the decade. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the quality of maybe getting different directors, which hopefully we will, like I am no 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 slide to to J. Abrams. I enjoy his stuff. It's just uh I know they had originally they were gonna have um the showrunners for Game of Thrones handle the new Star Wars trilogy, but they ended up dropping out. Yeah, you see, like because apparently they said their schedule was too much. Yeah, these guys. They were developing projects for Netflix. I'm like, I okay. think they were just burnt out. Yeah, <laughs> I think when we went down with Game of Thrones season eight, they were burnt yeah, out. Yeah, dude, they're like, they're just taking on too much shit, and they didn't want to take that on, which is another like property that they can get shunned at for. And I think just getting getting boasted by that last season, that fucking. Um, I have not seen the last season of Game of Thrones. I just got it on Blu-ray, dude. I cannot see it. You know what I mean? But like, I can't really say about the last season of Game of Thrones. Because, like, damn it. Why can't they just... Uh, why can't fans just relax and just enjoy whatever gets put out in the sense that just have to show appreciation? You don't have to like it mm-hmm. by any means. But show some appreciation that, that a property is at least being made. And I at least want... Like, even with this next Star Wars movie coming out... Next week. Just have, yes, which is next week's shit. I know. Uh, <laughs> I want it to be something that I'm going to go in with it. No, with no expectations like I did the last two because um, I think that helps. With Rogue One, I didn't need to have much expectation anyways because that was kind of obvious what they were leading into. You just It was, it was cool. like in between us. Yeah, like... so it was cool to kind of let go uh, and, and kind of just let it let it unravel to kind of explain how you know how they got you know the, the the death star plans basically right but it was just another it was just a movie that just try to close like, a plot it was kind of recognizable yeah it's like going back to see the the, the original trilogy like it's like i kind of like kind of know what's but i actually enjoyed it because i mean there were there's like i said like star wars in the general is a big expansive universe you can have these other characters you know thrive and do stuff outside of the main you know Canon, you know, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of novels, there's a lot of comic books, a lot of works in the set, in the Star Wars universe, but I like the fact that films are finally acknowledging it, and they said, you know, hey, let's tell a story, you know, of Rogue One, and explains, you know, kind of opens up that bridge of how the Rebels got the Death Star plans, and why they were being pursued, you know, by, by, you know, by Darth Vader and his forces, and then the same thing with, uh, like I said, I'm not seeing Solo, but... It probably kind of explains a little bit how... Because, I mean, Han mentioned it. He got the ship from Lando. 
Because that the Millennium Falcon was Lando's ship. Because of course we see Lando in Empire Strikes Back. You know him and Han are old friends. And I, I kind of like the what the with the solo film kind of explains how they were old friends, how they met, how he and Chewie knew each other for a long time, and how Han got the Millennium Falcon. Kind of answers that question. And to me, it's like I have not seen Solo. I am planning on to go see it on Netflix while it's still on Netflix, just to see how that happened, how that partnership happened, and how Han. That's why it's like films like this kind of open up the ideas, like you know, just one little word or one line that's mentioned in these movies, kind of gets you thinking, like, hey, why could do a film based on that idea? Because I know they were trying to do like a, I forgot what film they were gonna do, like a Boba Fett film or something when he was younger or something. After you know what happened to his dad, you know how he was gonna rise up, but of course that film got. Next or still in the planning process, but I mean, having these Star Wars story films is like it's like another you know, you're adding more to the canon. You're adding more stuff, which it's is kind of so, cool. I mean, then you got good. like then you got like the Clone Wars. You know, they got the animated series Clone Wars, which they're coming back with another season for Disney Plus. I, I just barely got into the story, the Clone Wars cartoon because, like I said, I never got into the cartoon, but there's like so much stuff they expanded on there. And of course, you got Star Wars Rebels, you got the Rise of the Resistance, you got the Resistance animated show as well. So there's a lot of stuff in the Star Wars universe you can catch up on. Just keep yourself busy until you know the films come out. You know. Then you got to talk about like the video game universe as well because you had the Knights of the Old Republic. You know, games that were developed by Bioware that told the story back thousands and thousands of years before you know the main trilogy. And then you got, you know, the recent video game came out, Jedi Fallen Order, which looks really badass, and it's like another story set in the Star Wars universe. It's obviously it takes place during when the Jedi are hiding because of the Order 66, where all the Jedi were taken out. So, like I said, um, like that's the question. Yeah, it, like this, this trilogy is going to be talked about by fans. Like they're going to keep talking about it for like years and years and years. Yeah. It's going to be talked about years and years and years, and it's like. While it's still fresh in our minds. Yeah, we're going to be out. Who knows how it's going to be taken. It just depends on, you know, taking Because, I mean, like I said, this is the last Star Wars film of the decade. If you think about it, because we're going into 2020, a new decade's going to start. So it's like, this is like one way to close out the decade with a Star Wars film. So, so my weird. question for you is this, like, what are your expectations going on to the third film? Based on the last two of the films that you've seen. Mm. Um, I don't know how. I think the way... It, the beginning is going to probably start off pretty fast-paced. Maybe we'll get another space battle going. Um, so it it's going to have to start fast. And a lot of I feel like a lot of the stuff that we're going to see when it comes to Ray's character changing or in, in, or the dynamic between her and Kylo Ren, I think that stuff's going to draw a little slower because we are getting the last film and it's supposed to be long. So I think that's going to be a lot of slow stuff. That's going to build a big climactic, climactic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know what to expect from the ending, really. I I, know, I can kind of see where it's going, and we're definitely going to see whether... I mean, if it is Palpatine, it's Palpatine, but if it's Snoke... Not the one that was big something's as coming back, for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll see Finn and Pope come. Maybe that, cap, that one captain isn't dead just yet. Like, who knows? And we're going to see some... I think we'll see some My Heart stuff. Maybe Baby Yoda will come out. Who knows? I got Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's, it's something that... Um, I, I have good hopes for it, but... I just don't know whether it's going to hold up to... it. Like, is it going to be, I think, a good way to close the saga that they had? So, like, it did Return of the Jedi? Maybe not. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't think it will. I think it will be a little different. 
I, I just don't, I just think that so many people were so pissed. I mean, it could be a, a small minority, who knows, but the way yeah. the internet reacted in certain things, and even Mark Hamill with his weird interviews having to be somewhat, having to take both sides, and, which you could just see it through his face, it's, it's difficult to not want to feel the fact that, like, oh man, that not a lot of people are holding it into good spirits on this film. And, I mean, I'm just glad I get another fucking Star Wars. I don't really care what it is at this point. Like, if I don't like it, I just won't watch anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's plenty, uh, like, even if it's the Marvel films sometimes, I don't love them. And I will watch one if I do, but I've seen them. Like, for all what's worth, I've seen all of them, so I can't complain. I'm just happy to always get something. Like, yeah. it's better than nothing. Like, we're going to constantly get Batmans. Even, even, and we've had terrible Batman since we're gonna stop watching Batman. Like, I've, and I trust me, I've seen fucking Batman vs. Superman, and that was awful. Just awful. Like, when we saw Suicide Squad, that was awful. Like, it just, we see these awful films. It's not like we don't. So, it's just, we can constantly get new people. I mean, look, like, who, who would have fucking thought Joker was gonna do very well? Now we're gonna get another one. So, if, this Star Wars is going to do well, which it will, because the money is the name of the game, and it's going to get a lot of money, because everyone's going to go fucking see it, people who have been fans for years, so I'm just, and J.J. Abrams doing it, I just think it's going to be a better film than The Return of the, than Last Jedi, I know it'll be a better film, so I'm hoping for a good close to the saga, um, I'm hoping Rey goes dark side, for sure, because fuck, the, the, the Empire did nothing wrong. They did nothing I, wrong. <laughs> I so, forgot your dark side only. They, they did nothing wrong. It was the first of all, they stole the plans. They stole the plans for the Death Star. So technically, they had stolen property. So technically, <laughs> they went to go retrieve it. And that's what Darth Vader did. And they what they willing to do it peacefully. Which, but the, he rang the doorbell. And they let him go. They didn't let him go through. How do you think they got down to the ship with the? But Darth Vader, right? Darth Vader was choking guys but out, they man. They weren't letting. They didn't because they didn't open the door. Oh, we mean they and didn't open the door. Open a door well, you saw people, Rogue One. He started like and there's people pointing guys and everything. You. No, but there's people pointing guns at you. What are you gonna react to? You're gonna have your guys shoot back because they're pointing guns at you. You're not gonna just sit there and be like, "Oh, we come in peace." Nobody's gonna listen to that with a gun pointing at you. Oh my! God. Like they did nothing wrong. They stole the plans from them. That's private, personal property. Because they got a freaking killing machine, dude. Come on, a freaking Death Star, man. They it's like it's nothing. It's a, plan, it's a planet killer, man. That's the whole purpose that it was. It doesn't matter. If, like, one planet doesn't follow in line with the Empire, oh, we're going to go get a giant big-ass ball and go and destroy a planet, it, man. Come on. It doesn't on. matter because it's the last Jedi, so she's going she's gonna to go bad. She has to go bad. So you want Rey to go bad. You want her to turn. Yeah, I want her to turn for sure. She will, though. She'll turn. Oh, my God. She's going to turn for the best. Um, Kylo Ren's too weak anyways to be a freaking... Dark side, anyways, because he's just trying to be Darth Vader, and he just can't. But you think with with Kylo Ren, he, I, to me, I see him. I'm like, yeah, he was uh, he was uh, Leia and Han's son, and of course, you know, Luke had the whole regret of you know he tried his hardest to train him, but you know, I just felt that Luke didn't do enough. But at the same time, he tried. You know, he tried as hard as to train Ben, and of course, you know, he turned. Snow got to him, who I think is just Palpatine's the one who got to him. And, you know, and up to the point that Han ended up getting killed. Yeah. By his son, and it's like... And, of course, Luke always kept, you know, he, he isolated himself, and... Of course, you saw The Last Jedi, he isolated himself, because he regret what he did. 
But at the same time, you look, Luke was tempted by the dark side as well. Yep. Because remember, like, you know, when you know, when Yoda was doing the training and returning the Jedi and a little bit of Empire Strikes Back, you know, he... Luke was tempted by the dark side a little by little by little, and you tell him last night he was trying to fight as much as he can. Mm. And of course, you know, Yoda had to come in again and give his wisdom and help him out and get through the funk. And... But, like I said, going to this film, the last film, it's like, to me, being this, that's going to be a long film, but to me, it's hopefully, it, you know, closes out certain, you know, plot holes that the, the first two films did. That Force Awakens and Last Jedi created, you know, the plot holes. And, like I said, it's, it's a fitting end to the, this whole saga. And, and hopefully, if they are going to develop a new trilogy, we'll see a new batch of characters. Who knows how it's going to be. I hope it's good, at least. I just, I don't know, like, like, I, like I, even with Force Awakens at there, so I was like, oh, I hope it's not the same. And with at least what I got with Return of the Jedi, or uh, Last Jedi, is that it wasn't the same as I thought it would be. Which people, that, I think that's what pissed people off more, is that they were expecting it to go the way the last, the original trilogy went. And it's like, if that's the case, then we would have expected the same thing with the, with the, with the prequels. And that wasn't, the, that wasn't the point of the prequels. It was to tell us the story to get to the original. <laughs> So then we had to get to get to nineteen seventy, we had to get to nineteen ninety nine and then get back to tell a story of nineteen seventy and then go back to the four years. It's like twenty and let's go back to twenty uh tens and here we are. Like to tell another story to the to recap the end of it. To close that story. So we gotta use a new story to close my old story. By telling about the old story. It's like what why? So why as if if you were a fan it's like, it, it, like I see, like, treat it like it's being a sports fan. No matter if your team sucks that one year or you have a downtrodden couple of years, they'll bounce back. But the whole point of being a fan is you got to stand with them. So at least if you're a fan of certain intellectual properties, I can, like, I can understand the passion. But for fuck's sake, just be a fan. And just appreciate that people are using, hopefully, their creativity in whatever fucking person's pocketbook is to fund these things. And to keep Hollywood going. Um, and I just wanted it to be a good movie. I, I'm hoping it's going to be good for, for everybody. I don't want it to go bad. That'd be stupid. Because then it's like, what am I watching? But I just want it to be good. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, based on this new trilogy, um, what would be like your like the the good moments from those two films? Leading up to, what would, like, what would you say were like the best scenes that you think were best from those two films? Make you think of um, the best scenes. I want to say uh, the first introduction of the new order was pretty cool. Just how the the aesthetic of the shots were, um, just the red, just the color of the, the how the stormtroopers look. Everything it looks very modern from what you can tell from like the original trilogy. So it was really looks sleek. Uh, I think Abrams is really good at making his films look really clean and, and very uh, it, it looked very very much of very space age like if you're watching it very ex machina like so I, I, I like that sort of feeling of mm-hmm. it um, best scene wise I do like the fight after they they well, supposedly allegedly kills uh, Snoke and you, they, they, you fight the palace guards there and then that just looked cool even though the choreography could have been better but it looked cool the scene itself looked cool um I, the Luke, the Luke, 
and Return of the Jedi when Luke fights uh, or Kylo Ren gets his remaining Empire troops to come and or New Order people to come and attack Luke at that cave thing and then he ends up doing the whole Obi-Wan Kenobi I'm gonna fight you but then disappear and oh, yeah. with the force and shit the force ghost that was pretty cool the force ghosting yeah um, cheesiest cheesiest scene I wanna say that really was I thought just too much and dumb was the Leia floating from space back into the ship and using the force for the one time we see her use the force she's able to just fucking oh I'm gonna drag all the way through space almost freeze to death but I'm, nope not with the force Pulling me back about three miles back into the fucking ship. Uh, that was just weird. Um, and another, no, but the weirdest scene is, is him drinking that, Luke drinking that weird green milk from that animal. Like, What's the blue milk, it dude? So, uh, blue it milk. was the blue milk. It was so awkward. I was just like, what? what it was this? a callback to the Ritterdurity when his Amperu gained the yeah, blue milk. That's so like the famous dumb. blue milk. Shows, it just shows him. It's just so weird. I, that, for me. If you liked it, you liked it, but for me, it's... I thought it was like I thought it was comical. Like, I mean, it was like like I said, it was a callback to like the original trilogy where you know Zamperu was pouring him a glass of the blue milk. So I think to me it was a callback. Of course, I mean Luke was hiding in recluse, you know that. So I was like, yeah, yeah I kind of isolated himself a little bit, and then he had to find some ways to survive and stuff. So it's like, but um, I mean for me, I mean, I think what kind of like for me with the based on the two films, I mean. It was that one scene where, like, you know, at the almost at the end where the ships are flying through the sand, you get the red sand, and it was kind of cool effect because the sand's all, like, white, and then when they cut through, it's all oh, yeah, red, right. so that, that was kind of cool effect, and then cool. just seeing Han and Chewie came out in Nowhere Force Awakens, just seeing them get introduced, like, it's like old friends visiting you. It's like saying, like, your old college buddies come to visit you, that's what it was to me. It's like, hey, it's Han and, you know, and Chewie, you know, they, they're back, you know? Yeah. And just seeing them, you know kind of opens up the well hey my friends from college are here you know it's like, it gives you that whole nostalgia feeling but and of course like I do agree with that one scene with the with the with the <clears throat> Mikado Ren and Ray find the, the guards probably Snoke's guards after Snoke got taken out <coughs> which to me was weak because I thought like I said I thought Snoke was all powerful being but of course even Ray and Kylo were able to take him out hmm. but to me I don't know if he was more of a rejection from Palpatine I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of theories about him, but, you know, to me, I think that's what it was. Like, he was being, he was a projection. I don't know. He could be a projection, but it's like, of course, like I said, I've seen the recent trailer for Rise of Skywalker, and it is hinting that, you know, Palpatine is coming back. Or maybe it was Palpatine that was having some kind of influence on, you know, Kylo Ren. And now I'm trying to sink his reins on Rey as well. Yeah. I just like they, the way they have Ray being able to do anything is weird in a sense that uh, we don't know. I mean, I, I guess I could see how they, they use her as uh, very, like, oh, she's capable of doing different things, but emotionally she's not all there. So, like, she's still trying to, she's still struggling with the with who's... Who her parents were? Who Just who who she could trust. So it's like a pretty, it's good that we get that that sort of build from her character because that means she isn't perfect even though like just because she's able to do certain things and is written so she could do basically everything with the lightsaber she like that we're gonna but we're she's not, still we have like, the training but she's getting the training it's not like we saw all luke's training either we just saw him going through dagobah and we saw him doing the other shit but we didn't really see a lot of his training we're getting glimpses of it 
We didn't see a lot of Anakin shit whilst him going to missions and stuff. We don't really see Luke doing that. So, like, I think... You see, so, like, each saga does different things and provided different things uh, for each main characters to do, in a sense. Like, that we get full, like, full facets of what a Jedi could do and what's the purpose and all that shit. Like, Mm -hmm. we get more of that with Anakin because we got to kind of get that first glimpse of of how he became who he became but we don't get that with Luke's side he he kind of just went to train as a Jedi always wanted to know his dad's parent or his who you know heard always stories about his dad from Obi-Wan and stuff like that because he heard it from his adoptive parents or uncle and uncle, uncle yeah. and uncle and then they're gone and that he loses the only family he's ever known really and then boom like he gets thrust into this whole mission when he meets those people so like we see all we see that with Ray, except the only thing we see in her mind is that she doesn't have that battle with the mind as much as um, or she has more of a battle with the mind and who she is really than Luke does because Luke kind of knows who he is he just has like daddy issues <laughs> <laughs> he's like Kylo Ren Kylo Ren had, is, has like acceptance issues for of not of wanting to be Darth Vader, but well, he has his, like, like no relation to him. To his grandfather's like other than like other char th- remains of his grandfather's yeah. helmet. Like what? Like yeah, to me that was kind of like that kind of freaked me out. I was like, I don't know how he got those pieces because number one, if you remember Return so Jedi, stupid. he was cremated. So I'm saying it just doesn't like. Well, they gotta taste some, you know. It's 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 like they they have to take some liberties, right? Yeah, you have to take some. Um, like I said, and of course, you know, with that, and we also got the the Obi Wan Kenobi series is going to come out soon next year for Disney Plus. But that's going to be more like you know tells the story of what happened to Ben Kenobi after Episode Three going into Four. You know, it's supposed to tell his story. You know, while he goes into hiding, but at the same time, he's protecting Luke, but from far away. Mm-hmm. Now he becomes, you know, just a Ben, you know, old man Ben, you know. Old man Ben. But, I mean, like the, like I said, going into this film, like Rise of Skywalker, like I said, it's, it's ending to end of the Skywalker saga. It's supposed to close out this whole nine episode saga, basically. And like I said, hopefully, the, the, whoever decide to take over the reins and start your trilogy, to me, hopefully, they'll get like a, I mean, the cast, this cast was more diverse. But it'd be cool to have some alien, more aliens into the mix, you know, and for more, the next more, one, more yeah, creatures. yeah, more creatures in for the next trilogy. I mean, yeah, we get the Porgs and we get the BB-8 became like the new droids of gen- generation, yeah. or synonymous of the generation, and then um, but of course, you know, I think too with the character Rose, and that was kind of cool. She, she was she became a main character, and people were like. Like, why is she? Why is she had ties with them? I mean, but I thought she was alright. I mean, I had no issues with her, with that character. And it was kind of cool they had somebody else in there, you know? To take away focus from, like, the main cast. And you think about it, the main cast was hardly together. You know, Ray, Finn, and Poe were hardly in the same room. Mm-hmm. They weren't, like, together at the same time. In all your few places, either it was just Poe and Ray or Finn and, and Poe. It's like, you know, they were never together in the same room. And hopefully we'll get to see that in Rice Skywalker. They're actually all together in one place, you know. Um, 
I'm saying it too. I'm more curious of how Kylo Ren is going to be. You know, I mean, I think he's taking on or trying to help Ray as well, but also help himself. Because yeah, I took down Snoke, but the same time, like, who am I now? Why I take out Snoke? But at the same time, it's like I went against like the Sith order. What I do now? Yeah. Am I my own person now, or? It's like, what do I? Who am I? Who am I? Basically, am like, I? what's my purpose now? So it's like, who am I? Yeah, so it's like, it's like, what's his purpose now? But of course, now to me, it's like, well, he's gonna try to help Ray out, basically. Yeah. And of course, Ray's going through her complex because you know, she doesn't know who her, her, her parents are. It still hasn't hit her yet, but it's like, and like, I, she has a worse for her than him, right? Because like, it's like, fuck. She doesn't even have, like, doesn't even know her parents are. Well, but then again, I guess it looks the same way, too, because his mom died, and he doesn't, his dad's not around, really, because then he doesn't know either. Oh, I guess they both have it pretty bad. Same, see, it's even the same story. God damn it. They just, like, come on, I just want these guys, get, even given the helm of being in a Star Wars property, like, to fucking take it by the balls. Really make it different, make it their own. Like, I think that's why a lot of people like Darth Maul's character. Because he was fucking, he had two, he had a a, a bow staff of, of a lightsaber. Like, oh, but Ray does get that. If you look at the trailer, the newest trailer, you saw that she ended up getting the double lightsaber. Yeah, so like, we're going to see that back too. Like, so sweet. it's like, but that is the question, how she get that, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like a, I think it's, it's, we're going to see, well, hopefully it being better. But like, it's, I think you just think it's going to be good, right? I'm just hoping it's good. Hoping we get a good movie and I guess I want it to be I want it to not just get fucked up again. Mm. In a sense that like it's gonna we're gonna or who knows if it doesn't do good because like I don't want it to do bad because if it gets received wrong then who knows if they do it again or keep it going. Because mm-hmm. you know we can get in other iterations but not not on the big screen and I think the big screen is what really gets everyone go to go and I think what leans what makes great memories mm-hmm. not saying I because I just think like if if we continue to regress and put certain properties only through streaming options and whatnot then it's gonna I think make things divvy down in creativity and I think memories aren't being... Like, we're not going to be able to get this from generation to generation. And that's what Disney is in the business of. Not They're not in the business... They're in the business of longevity, not, not quick bucks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they wouldn't be able to be this big without it keeping going since the 20s. Shit. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, I, I don't know. I want it to be good. Not getting... People... I just... We have, we have what, uh, maybe two more episodes of The Mandalorian, give or take? I don't know how many episodes it's scheduled to be. I, I can't I... imagine them do a lot. I can't imagine them, Disney, giving them a lot either. Like, I don't know how many episodes are going to be, but, um, but it's like, Oh, it's like to me. It's like this film went through a different thing. Um, like I said, right, like based on Rise of Skywalker, you know, Ryan Johnson was announced. He was gonna do the search room for Rise of Skywalker, but and then of course he ended up not being involved. And of course they have one director, Colin 
Trevor Roth was announced as director of the night, and of course, they were writing the script, and of course, um, they, he ended up walking away from the project, and of course, J.J. Rivers ended up deciding to come back and episode. So it went through a lot of, like, production issues going, and now it's like, I can't wait to see Lando again, so we get to see Lando make his return, Billy Dee Williams is confirmed to come out, come back, and the precious role is Lando, so we get to see how he's doing. <laughs> Um, and, like I said, we'll see, like I said, it's the last time we'll see Princess Leia. So, apparently, they're going to use, like, some footage that, um, they, some footage that was used from the Force Awakens and Last Jedi. So, kind of, like, wraps up her arc. Um, and, of course, I'm seeing the reports saying that possibly Yoda might return. Because, I mean, we what? did see, we did see a little bit of Yoda in The Last Jedi. And what was kind of cool was that Yoda almost looked like it was a puppet, almost. It was like a, almost like a throwback to, like, the Yoda puppet from, like, the Empire Strikes Back and Empire, you know, and Rise of the Return of the Jedi. And then Frank Oz come back as the voice of Yoda. Surprise, this role is Yoda. <laughs> but what? I, I don't know. Man, see, I don't want, they're just, I want to be more original. That's all. This is gonna keep it keep it going at least, but who knows? I guess you're right. It's gonna be fine. It's all we can do now. Like like I said, all we got like what it says all we can do is hope. Like I said, that's all we can do is hope and hopefully this film, you know, closes a lot of plot holes, fitting into the saga and like I said, um meets our expectations. Like my expectations for is hopefully yeah. it is enjoyable. It closes up to me. Hopefully, it does answer a lot of plot holes that the two films that uh, open up with, and some closure. I do want to see closure for the characters. I want Ray to have Ray and have some closure with their own conflicts, you know. And just you know, like I said to me, it's like we'll see what happens. Like if it like that to me, is just the big to, the big thing for me is closure. That's the only thing I, I'm going to this film seeing is closure. Like I said, this is the last Star Wars film for the decade, so hopefully, you know, they go out with a blast. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than that, do you have anything else to say about Star Wars? <laughs> no, no, that was literally all I know I had for the fucking week. Because everything else was just dark, gloomy shit. And then, um, Star Wars, because I can't think of anything else. Um, I've just, the only thing I've kept up with is Mandalorian. We just started that. I haven't really watched anything else. And of course, so. Really of course, we saw some trailers coming out this week as well. They released a trailer for Wonder Woman 1984. And they just released a first look trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be pretty much a sequel to the 89, the two films. I called Paul Rudd's in it. Oh, I saw a little bit of it the, of the new trailer, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Wonder Woman 84. It looks interesting. And then two right now, I was reading too that Jack Black, you know, they already got that Jumanji movie coming out. That's supposedly, this could be his last film, but he's going to be retiring soon. Oh, wow. But he's like more interested in probably going to television work, you know, that way he sees an lady with his family. That'd be cool. So he's been in talks about possibly this film might be his last film, so. And of course, we got Creed Tarantino as well. I think, oh, but yeah, that's something that came up on comicbook.com that Jack Black. I guess he's doing, doing press runs for uh, Jumanji, the Jumanji, Jumanji sequel that possibly will be like his last go the films. But um, like I said, definitely looking forward to Star Wars. 
Other than that, of course, Christmas coming. Can't wait. Still gotta do Christmas shopping, so I still gotta get down to my thing, get all my shit ready, and that way, like I said, next weekend, hopefully, I'm gonna try to save next weekend for Star Wars. Hopefully, me and Biko will go ahead and try to make some time to go see Star Wars, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Not this coming weekend, but the final weekend. Probably, I would say, probably the best shot for us to do is like on a Sunday or something. And everyone else has seen it on Thursday or Friday, so... Like I said, probably the next episode will probably be a... Well, we'll do a new, well, another episode next week. Like I said, we'll talk about Mandalorian again. We'll probably talk about something new. And then probably the following week, we'll probably do a review. Oh, yeah. We'll probably do a review um, of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And then, well, I think we'll do, like... Before Christmas, we'll probably do, like... We'll do, like, Christmas stuff. We'll do a Christmas-related episode. And then, possibly... For for New Year's, we'll probably do an end of decade type of thing. Yeah, we should be getting Ivan soon because I talked to him today. So we should be getting Ivan back on. We'll try to bring Ivan. We'll bring Mondo out too. We'll bring. We'll try to do like our four a roundtable discussion uh-huh. about certain moments from the decades that pretty much because like I said, this is the end of the decade. You know, this is the end of the 2010s. Because next year we're heading to 2020. <laughs> 2020. So like I said, that's all the time we got for you guys. I'll um, make sure to check out the backlog of episodes on Anchor. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. You can follow Talking Pop with the Franchise and Biko on Facebook as well. Go to facebook.com slash Pop. We'll post links to the episodes. And also, if you guys have any questions for us, you can post any headings on there. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at the Franchise 85 If you have any questions or topics that you want me and Biko to discuss for future episodes, make sure to use the hashtag TalkPop. And we also have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash store slash pop. We got t-shirts, we got mugs, we got hoodies, we got sweatshirts, you know, with the Pops or Not logo on there. So make sure to support the podcast. And that's all we got for you guys. Um, and As for me, the franchise. Oh, I'm Vico, my bad. <laughs> Geek on and take care. Stay safe.